0: You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. On today's podcast, I'll be reviewing two films, one for the list of greatest films of all time called Shiver Baby and one requested by a listener called The Warriors. Along the way, we'll have our usual bucket of bollocks, you know, the stuff we normally do, like emails, a film that what I would like to see, a couple of film facts, and the return of this section, they did what? But as you can hear, probably, uh, I'm recording today's podcast from my pop-up tent next to the bins, and it's pissing down out there. Podcast, funny how words come about, ain't it? Uh, now, a lot of people think the word podcast is a combination of the words iPod and broadcast, but apparently not comes from the early days of the internet when them fat blokes who were obsessed with conspiracy theories started making broadcasts, telling everyone the Queen was a lizard, you know, the Illuminati were running everything and wagon wheels used to be bigger than they are now. And they kept popping them online, didn't they? Now, these blokes tended to be right fat bastards who stank a bio and used to sit there in their pants talking shit and would, on occasion, they would pop a bollock out from the underpant legs, scratch it, and because they were scratching their pods whilst broadcasting, the term podcast was born. Yeah, can tell me that one. Not quite sure how true it is. He once told me that bees make honey and wasps make treacle, so, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. But talking about giving your pods a crafty scratch, always be careful when scratching down there. One full smooth and you're laid up for the best part of an hour with a dull ache in your stomach, aren't you? Gentle pinch and roll is the way to go. Randall Parker's
1: Film fact.
0: After a few drinks, actress Brie Larson likes to tell everyone in a really, really loud voice that Captain Marvel would beat the ever-living shit out of Wonder Woman. Randall Parker's Film Fact Yeah, get that fucker in early, otherwise I'm likely forgetting, aren't I? Uh, As some of you will undoubtedly know, Mum's still banged up in a Dutch prison for various crimes and she even made it on to the main news, as there was a bit of a prison riot over there and she was on top of the roof protesting about conditions. Apparently the TV broke halfway through the Dutch FA Cup final and Mum had a ten on Ajax to win. Mr White was bullied that he won't do a case any good and has been in touch with the authorities over there telling them it's partially their fault for giving her the run of the place. What they need to do is lock her in an airing cupboard with a dozen bananas and a flask of Orlicks. In fact, Mr White is the main reason why I'm doing this from the tent because he's in a right fucking mood ever since he found out I'd been seeing Mum's friend, Mr Van Der Beek who's over from Amsterdam helping with a campaign to free her. I don't know what he's so moody about. He seems like a nice bloke. Nice and friendly. bit touchy-feely, maybe. Keeps giving me a hug and keeps saying things to me like, that's my boy, and my boy's got a healthy appetite. If my boy wants to bother 40 quid, he shall have 40 quid. Uh, He phoned me up last week, not long after his flight landed, and asked to meet me so as not to upset Mr White, though. I asked if he could pick me up on that waste ground behind the primary school, and he agreed. It sort of reminded me about that time when I got into that stranger's car way back when I was eight stranger asked me if i wanted some sweeties and would have liked to see some kittens and i mean what kid aged eight wouldn't want a packet of lemon bonbons to see a bunch of baby cats turned out it was jane cooper's dad and he just wanted someone to go around and play dollies with her as she stank a piss and had no friends they found out a few years later she stank a piss because she got some sort of infection and after a course of treatment she became the fittest girl in school yeah she ended up marrying an aston villa player in the end and the dad hasn't spoken to her since you can't blame you can you I told Mickey Dawson about this, actually, a few days later, you know, and he was hanging around waiting to be picked up by a stranger, but when he got picked up, he didn't get any sweets. Yeah, he was never the same after that. Now, Mr. Vanderbeek, he is a lovely bloke, and he's been taking me out for lunch every day, and he didn't moan when I ordered the big tasty from McDonald's like what Mr. White does. Yeah, Mr. White wasn't too happy when he saw us in the lemon flag on Wednesday. He went right dirty, good seeded. Now he knows how I feel when I see him in Slow Francis doing the big shop down at Morrisons. Anyways, they ended up having a big punch up in the pub car park, and Mister Wise been giving me the cold shoulder ever since. So we thought it'd be best to come out here to a film club. You know, it was bin day yesterday, so the bin doesn't of stink half as bad as it could. So we're all right there.
1: Emails.
0: What the fucking hell are you doing? Careful where you put your hands. Mm.
1: It's sticky over
0: here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like so Francis and Donnie sometimes use the tent as a love nest. God knows what you've got on your hands now. Fucking hell. Right, so on with the good stuff. Well, emails. About a few emails this week, so let's crack on. The first one says Dear Randall, the lads and I love to listen to your podcast during our lunch break on a Monday. We find it gets the week off to a good start. Well, thank you very much. Uh, the other Monday, we were tucking into our lunch and Tony was boiling the kettle ready for his king sized chicken and mushroom pot noodle. And he was blowing the yellow dust off the little sachet of sauce and he remarked, that the sachet for the king-size pot noodle was the same size as for a normal one. So the ratio of soy sauce to pot noodle was slightly off and therefore lacked the punch of flavour you got in the smaller pots. Darius said that in his cupboard at home, he had a jar of soy sauce specifically for this dilemma, and he found out that one small splash of soy sauce boosted the much-needed zing. Sam then parked up and said that the pair of them were unbelievable, that if this was the biggest problem they had to contend with, then they were fucking lucky. He said more than half the world go to bed hungry, and the pair of them could do with a couple of pot noodles or two less. As you can imagine, this was like a red rag to a bull. Tony folded the lid into some sort of cone-shaped triangle and furiously thrust it into Sam's eye, and then threw a kettle of red-up boiling water into his face. And as I write this email, Darius is in surgery, having a fork removed from his right knacker. But my question to you is this. What tweak to a food or snack do you think has ruined it? Many thanks, Danny Carter. Well, thanks for the email, Danny. Oh, you can't beat a chicken and butter and pot noodle, can you? No. A couple of rounds of soft white bread and butter. I'm making myself hungry here. Eh? Well, Look, uh, what is it they always put on the packet? New improved recipe. Yeah, we all know it's a load of bollocks, that, don't we? It means cheaper ingredients used. Yeah, fuck it off. This is me off on a packet of crisps when they say new improved recipe. Why would you need to improve the recipe? Salt, vinegar, tater, chip fat. Just fucking leave them alone. But for me, probably the worst would be when they took the raisins out of double decker bars. You have new guys sat on top of a chocolate cornflake paste and you used to have raisins in it. And they took the fuckers out, thought we wouldn't notice. Fuck off. That's when Toffee Crisp moved into his sound and became the premier chocolate bar, I tell you. Thanks for the email, Danny. Next one goes, dear Randall, as an amateur psychopath, I like to while away my days at work, coming up with various scenarios where I slaughter my workmates in numerous inventive ways. If you could get away scot-free with a murder, who would you murder, and what would be the most painful way you would do a murder to them? Best wishes, Charlie Two-Stab. Well, as most of you know, I'm more of a lover than a fighter, so wouldn't really want to kill anyone. I mean, Mark Richards is a bit of a twat, but I wouldn't want to kill him. Er, uh, I don't know. Tell you what, we'll go for the bloke who took the raisins out of double-decker bars. There you go. Mm. And as for the method of death, uh, probably drop him feet first into a meat grinder and as just as he get to the hips, turn off the machine and watch him bleed out. Yeah, seen that. Ain't pretty. Put me off mins for a good five weeks, that did. And the last email goes, Dear Randall, I weigh £520 and haven't left my house in over six years. I fucking love lockdown and was happy that my lifestyle of sitting on my arse and eating takeaways day after day after day was forced onto other people. I spend most of the day staring out of my window, watching people walk up and down my street and imagine if they were animals, what animals they would be. My postman is a badger, Mr Wilkinson is a fox and Mrs Carter from next door is a toad. But my question to you is this. If Tom Cruise was an animal, what animal do you think he would be? Best wishes, Claire Baldin. Hmm, good one, that. Now, if you ask me, Tom Cruise would probably be a squirrel, because they're always jumping from shit, aren't they? From tree to tree, running across the road when cars are coming. Bit like what Tom does in those Impossible Mission films, you know. Tell you what, we've been getting some cracking emails recently, haven't we? Tell you what, let's crack on with the review. to our first film this week it's from 2020 and it's called shiver baby it's off the list of greatest films of all time and it's directed by emma seligman <laughs> Lady director. Well done, love. now this film starts off with a girl called danielle and she's shagging this bloke and you don't get to see anything He's sort of out of focus But you catch the drift of what's going on And he sort of gives her money But she ain't a prostitute, now. She's one of those sugar daddy things, you know And, you know, you see him on documentaries, don't you, on Channel 5 Bit like the one about the bloke who wanks on cars Anyways, she meets up with her mum and dad And they're off to a shiver Which is sort of like a wake, you know The party after a funeral Well, it's one of them, but for Jewish people Now, Danielle's mum tells her Try not to be a dick, you know Because you made a raw right cock-up of your life so far now, at this party thing, right, Danielle's ex-girlfriend called Maya, she's there, and she's doing great in life, and everyone thinks she's ace and not shit like Danielle. Now, Danielle has told her mum and dad that she gets the money from babysitting, not shagging the bloke from earlier. Then her dad says, this is Max, he's a nice bloke, turns out to be the bloke that she was shagging for cash, and everything's really awkward, especially when his wife turns up along with a baby. So Danielle is pissed off and goes to the bog and there decides to take a picture of paps and texts it to Max. Don't know why, she just does. And then the dozy git leaves the phone in the bathroom. Danielle then goes off to clean up some sick with Maya, her ex-girlfriend, and she comes along and gets so awkward. Then Max mills coffee on Danielle and she says to him, I'm sorry for being shit. And then nips off for a fag outside and Maya's there and they decide to kiss and are friends again. Then Maya finds Danielle's phone and she sees she's been shagging Max and gets pissed off and they ain't going to snug anymore. Then Max's wife sort of finds out and everyone piles into the dad's car for a lift home and Maya and Danielle make up and old hands and it sort of ends there. Now the way I've described it sounds shit but it ain't and there's a lot of talking in it and when I say talking it's like 100 mile an hour talking you know like what your mum does. Now uh, You don't want to be scrolling through TikTok when this is on otherwise you'll be lost. Now, the two lesbian girls are quite sweet. Not like some of them lesbians on Ken's DVDs, you know, off of the dark web. Now, these are classy lesbians, you know, like the ones you read about. Now, it may only be on for one hour and 18 minutes, but there's enough talking in there that if it was spoken at normal speed, it'd be on for about as long as the Irishman. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with something like the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Sponge on the Run, because even though the main character is flawed, you can't help but like them that was shiver baby watch that if you want to see a bunch of jewish mums talking at people like they're commentating on a horse race Boy. yeah on a totally different note things are ramping up with slow francis and donna and they're planning to go into business together now Donna's dad used to run a little snack van, fucking amazing it was, I think I've mentioned it here before. Now her dad Reggie popped his clogs and left Donna the van and he's been sat outside her house for the last six months uh, rusting to fuck. So so Donna Francis and Grandmaster Steve are gonna get the thing up and running and set up in a lay-by on the edge of town. Tell you what I'm gonna leave it a wild fucking berth I can tell you, I've only just managed to start doing firm shits again after that food poisoning. Besides which, Grandmaster Steve-O will scoff all the fucking burgers, of fat fuck. Films that what I would like to see. Now, moving on to the part of the podcast that is becoming increasingly unpopular, where I, Randall Parker, pitch a film idea for a film that what I would like to see. Now, today's film is a high-concept sci-fi horror called Humans vs. Robots. Yeah, I know it's a shit title, but we can change that once the investment's in place. Now, humans have made robots to help them round the house, you know, doing the ooving up and blocking the shit and that sort of thing. And the robots have had enough of this and chat to each other over the Wi-Fi. And when the humans are asleep, they decide to stop humans from making any more humans and start to knock about, cutting the knackers off all the men so they can't have babies anymore. And there's this sort of big war and ultimately humans win. I oh, fuck, have ruined the end there. If anyone wants to invest, then get in touch via the email address randallparker1971 at gmail.com. Great stuff. Films that what I would like to see. Now, the team down at White and Bailey, where I work, have been hard at work on the campaign to free Mum from her Dutch prison and are doing a fabulous job of keeping the case fresh in the public's mind and keeping it in the news. And, as I said a few weeks ago, they've been trying to track down our local MP, Grant Talbot, and have finally managed to find him. Well, I say they have. It was the local police. In his car, in his garage, with those park running from the exhaust into the car, and his pants were round his ankles. Yeah, he'd been there the whole weekend. But on the plus side, there's going to be a by-election soon, and hopefully we could badger the candidates into getting a bit of support behind the campaign. Uh, I'd fucking love to be an MP. I reckon I'd be good at that. Talking bollocks, doing fuck all. Practically what I do now, ain't it? But they get fuck clouds of money for doing nothing. I'd be fucked, though, wouldn't I? You probably need exams and degrees and stuff to be one, don't you? Yeah, fucking hell. Randall Parker's Film Fact. In a recent interview, actor Leonardo DiCaprio said that his earliest memory from childhood was sitting on the stairs at his nan's house and scratching his arsehole so hard an apple pip dropped out. Randall Parker's Film Fact Just a quick word about the dating app that I'm on at the moment, Snatch. No bites as of yet, and it's only been a couple of weeks, but Rome wasn't built in a day, was it? every week you get sent pictures of women in your area who are looking for love and you tick yes or no if you think they're fit and your picture's sent to them and they they tick your picture if they think you're fit currently I've ticked over 300 pictures and not a dicky bird back I'd fucking love to touch a lady's knocker but they're lovely and soft aren't they that's the dream you know Fully enough, when I was scrolling through the pictures, I was presented with a picture of Tommy's slippers, and according to his bio, he's a female, aged 40, looking for walks in the park, meals out and a long-term relationship. He'll be lucky, he stinks as sick and hasn't washed since before lockdown. The first one. Donnie Tucker's wife's on there as well. I've mentioned Donnie before, he's in a wheelchair and lives in the bungalow opposite and his wife left him after the accident, telling him that she had an itch and since the accident he hadn't been scratching it. Showed him the picture on me phone. He didn't say anything. Well, he can't, not since the sepsis set in. But being as I'm looking for love, I thought I'd better get in shape, uh, keep trim for the ladies, so I decided to nip down to the local swimming baths. But I wasn't aware of it, but they'd been closed for the last seven years, which shows how often I exercise, don't it? Council decided to save a few quid and boarded the fucking thing up. About ten years ago, I went through a period where I was trying to lose a bit of weight, you know, get a bit of shape to my body. And I used to nip along every morning at 7am. Dawn dip, as they used to call it. I would do half a dozen lengths and nip along to Frank's calf and have a belly buster breakfast afterwards. Fucking lovely. Some people say that they put a special chemical in the pool so when someone does a piss, the water turns purple. Well, it don't. They did What? So I thought I'd dust off this segment of the podcast where we look at a film where something happened in it that at the time seemed fine, but now looks either racist, sexist, misogynistic or downright rapey. Misogynistic. Fucking amazing word that is. Misogynistic. Anyways, this week we'll be looking at a film called The Breakfast Club where a bunch of naughty kids have to do a detention at school on a Saturday and start off thinking each other are pricks but end up being best mates by the end of it. Yeah, sounds shit, doesn't it? Well, the bit in this film that's downright wrong and a bit rapey is when one of the characters played by Judd Nelson Fucking banging name, that is. Well, Judd, he's hiding under the Molly Ringwald's desk, right? And he sees her knickers. And even though we don't see him do it, he tries to cop a feel of it. The dirty fucker should be on some sort of register for that. Look, pal, if you want to do that sort of thing, you should buy her a box of chocolates and a bunch of flowers. And if you're nice to her, she might let you have a look at it. Show the lady some fucking respect. They did what? Just have to mention that Sharon the vicar had me up by the throat. Not metaphorically speaking, literally by the throat. I've still got the marks and everything there. Uh, Now, she seems to think that over the course of the last few weeks, I've been casting aspersions. Another banging word, aspersions. Yeah, I've been casting aspersions that she's been dipping into the funds to repair the church roof. I'd like to state for the record that all of the funds from the raffle to repair the roof are there and accounted for and the new car, Apple Watch and Fortnite in Magaluf were paid for with the money that Mr Dawson left her in the will when he passed away. Yeah, there were suspicious circumstances by the way. Uh, I'm glad all that's cleared up, means I can go down the little without fear of reprisals. Well... It was the stuff about the church refunds coupled with the fact that earlier in the week I'd said to her that the concept of heaven and hell was a man-made construct so as the poor wouldn't think fuck this for a lark and revolt and overthrow the church Randall's Requests So on to Randall's Requests this week and it's requested by a listener and it's from 1979 and it's directed by a bloke called Walter Hill and it's called The Warriors Now this film's sort of set in the future where gangs of yobbos run around New York beating fuck out of each other and they all have their own territory Now the leader of the most powerful gang sends out an invite to the other gangs to send nine of their blokes to a meeting, but don't bring any weapons, he just wants to chat. Now all the gangs turn up, and this one gang, the Warriors, have come from Coney Island, and they're sort of like our team, if you like. Now the leader of the biggest gang, he's called Sirius, I think, or Cyrus, he says, Oi, do you realise that if we became pals and didn't beat each other up, we could beat up the coppers and run the town? And everyone goes, what a fucking good idea. Until one bloke from the gang called the Rogues, I think, he thinks, fuck off, and shoots Cyrus dead. And everyone goes, ooh, the fucking hell did that? And the Rogues go, it was the Warriors. So everyone's after the Warriors, and they've got to leg it across New York without getting duffed up by the other gangs. Anyways, they make their way home and have various fights, and it all comes out in the wash. Now, something sort of similar happened uh, to me and Big Ken back in the early 90s when we went to see Take That in concert at Yardley Working Men's Club before they hit the big time. Now, we got lost on the way home and ended up in Small Heath and this gang of lads cornered us. I suppose they were sort of like the modern-day equivalent of the Peaky Blinders. I suppose you'd call them the Cappy Wankers or something like that. Anyways, one of them called Ken a bummer and, as you can imagine, he weren't too happy, he saw red and ended up doing 18 months. Yeah, still get nightmares about that sometimes. Uh, Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with something like Beaches with Bette Midler, as it's a film I wouldn't normally watch, but enjoyed it thoroughly. That was The Warriors. Watch that if you want to see an annoying tit clank three beer bottles together. Randall's Requests It's a fucking horrible stink. What the fuck is that? Hang on. Sorry, just checking. Tommy Slippers wasn't taking a shit in the yard like the other night. Randall's Requests Now recently we had an email from a listener saying they were considering legal action because they bought a copy of the film I recommended and it was right shit and they want me to reimburse them £3.99. So I thought so I don't get in the shit. I'd let a fellow podcaster recommend a film to you. So I've got that F-King guy off that F-King show to recommend a film for
1: you. Are you ready? What? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, off you fucking go, we haven't got all night. Now, as you're a film buff, Randy, you're well aware the winner of the 2019 Academy Award for Best Picture was a highly acclaimed film by Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. In his acceptance speech, director Bong said, once you overcome the one-inch-tall barrier of subtitles, you'll be introduced to so many more amazing films. And this is one of those films. Sure, there have been plenty of occasions when Asian cinemas invaded the watch lists and DVD shelves of many movie connoisseurs, like us. But for the casual moviegoers' experience with these films, it has been limited. Often the work of Park Chan-wook raises the mainstream with things like The Handmaiden and Old Boy, but he struck out with Stoker a little bit. John Woo's films had an impact in the late 90s, reinventing the action genre in his native language before delivering a broken arrow to the American market what i did there broken arrow terrible film jackie Jam movies have always graced the late night curry and lager sessions albeit in their dubbed form and you can't forget that short-lived trend of japanese horror movies that were so good they had to repeat the idea without the reading lessons today's film i've chosen for you is like all of those great works a true piece of forgotten foreign cinema one you've definitely not seen or possibly even heard of it's a cult classic in the making. If only people could forgive the bad acting, cheap sets, poor special effects, shonky cinematography and gratuitous but very welcomed nudity. This is a 2010 Japanese movie based on the manga series Kyonyu Doragon, specifically the fifth entry into the series Onsen Zombie vs. Stulupa, better known to the US and UK audiences as Big Tits Zombie. Now don't let the name fool you. This is a tale of a young girl's struggle against the forces of evil, whilst trying to hold down a steady job and trying very hard to avoid falling for the wrong man. It's got romance, it's got drama, it's got martial arts action, it's got goopy horror, and it's got zombies. With big tits. All in a bang, tidy 73 minutes. And I did bring my special 3D edition, which came with branded 3D glasses as well, so... Total immersion. Big tit
0: zombies. You've gone wrong, mate. I'm going to get complaints about this. Fucking hell. I'll stick a link to your podcast in the description so people can have a listen. Big tit zombies, for fuck's sake. Randall recommends. Now, it's Jubilee week this week. Uh, that time when we all stop moaning about how the Royal Family are a bunch of twats and a sponging off the workers, and we all grab fucking bunting and get pissed. I remember the one in 1977 when we had a street party. I ended up being sick and puking up a whole pickled onion. Not one of them silver skin ones, you know, the big fuckers. Well, enjoy this one. It's probably the last one we'll have for fucking ages. It's the platinum one, I think. Uh, Last one was the diamond, yeah. Yeah, Mickey Dawson was arrested for doing a kung fu demonstration on Asda Car Park. Well, he called it a demonstration and tried to tie it in with the Jubilee celebrations, but I think the police called it an assault on the simple bald lad who collects up the trolleys. Was that Jubilee? Or was it the London Olympics? I can't remember. Have you farted? <sighs> no, that that wasn't me. Oof. Well, Gee. someone has. Have you Francis? Now, Randall, I swear down. I believe it's the dark corridor. No, Randall, I haven't broken wind. Janice, what about you? No, Randall. I haven't farted. Grandmaster Stevo? No, not fucking farters. (laughs) Smells like one of yours. No, I swear to fucking God. Oh, Donna? He you smelt it, dealt it. I fucking grow up. Have you, Ken? Just a little one. Fucking Fucking hell, hell, Ken. You need raking out. Fucking hell. That's fucking disgusting. (laughs) Fucking hell. Well, let's wrap this one up before we all pass out. Fucking rank. It's on your two man tent as well. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to con- oh, stinks that. If you want to contact, the email address as always is Randall Parker nineteen okay. seventy one at gmail.com. Getting my eyes are stinging. Get in touch. I really would like to hear from you. Ta-ra, for a bit.